Movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co host Rob, and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. It's Wednesday, baby. Glad to be here, Bobby. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, so Wednesday. That's right, Joe. It is our heart of the heart of the ocean Wednesday. We're joined today by Pete Mummert from Indiana Jones Minute. Welcome, Pete. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we're going to discuss minute 53 of Titanic today. In this minute, Molly Brown wants to get tea. um but before we get there we have the end of this conversation between uh jack and rose on the deck essentially ends with jack saying i see you and rose wondering like oh what do you see and he's like you wouldn't have jumped yes once again daring her to kill herself (laughs) (laughs) yeah you don't have the guts (laughs) (laughs) told you you wouldn't do it well is he is jack real or is he, is he part of her subconscious? Like, his well, trick, mean, like his his like serial killer gimmick, is convincing people to kill themselves. Like the the one legged prostitute who he convinced to, to yeah. he actually convinced her to kill herself. It's like it's like there's no way you could make it across that street. Without getting <laughs> <by a> car. <laughs> no, no, no one's gonna want you. <laughs> Well, so is oh, he real then, or is he kind of a Tyler Durden kind of guy? There is a theory that Jack is imaginary, and I, yeah. I, I think we touched on that before, but the the obvious counter is, well, then who made the drawing? Yeah, who made the yeah. sketch that... that, that yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen that theory as well. We've discussed it a little bit. I think he's real. Um, I don't... I mean, the big theory we have is that this, the old Rose and and young rose are not the same people (laughs) and so that's that's sort of that's sort of our theory uh but so i guess pete a question for you uh Uh duff thinks that she would have jumped had he not interfered joe and i don't if 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 jack doesn't see her run to the stern of the ship what do you think happens i don't think she jumps because she's so cautious about how she climbs over oh that's like I, i don't think she'd go through with it yeah, it's a good point. You wouldn't really have to, you know, be so cautious if your ultimate plan is to jump anyways. I just feel like hasty. if if she was far enough to actually get over the the railing, mm-hmm. I, uh, that's my reasoning for why she would have jumped. Well, see, I think she might have fallen. I don't. I think she might have had second thoughts and then slipped and then fallen if he had. I think come. she definitely would have fallen if Jack wasn't yeah. there. So yeah. she, the end result would have been the same. If he yes. weren't there, but I, I don't know if she would have done Joe, it. Joe, were you the one who said that it was a Final Destination movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The She's just left left a trail of wreckage in her path as they try to as fate tries to get her. I guess if that does work too, because spoilers, by the end of the movie, at least we haven't. Really, let's not bring this up, but she does die, right? By the end, well, that's a big debate. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she carries all of her belongings with her because she knows most likely there's going to be a crash of some kind, but she'll live, and then she can keep collecting from her homeowner homeowner's insurance. <laughs> I, this, I think that there are two things that will come up that the internet loves to fight about, and we're not going to get there for quite a while. 
um, but I'm sure we'll have much ado about whether Rose dies or not. And then the other one listeners can look forward to is whether they could have both fit on the door. Yeah, which mm-hmm. you're easily triggered by, Duff. It's, <laughs> seriously, I'm going to write a manifesto about this. It's, anyway, um, but uh, we're, we are well away from that right now. Yeah, four so. or five years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we go in the dining area. We have Ruth. And we have, uh, she's dining with uh, two other women. And um, I believe one of the women is the Countess of Roths. Roths? I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, I think she there's comes a up Countess a, in there. Yeah, um, she's a real person. And um, it's Ruth mentioning that the purpose of university is to find a suitable husband, and Rose has already done that. I mean, she's not wrong. Subtle. Yeah. Subtle. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Rob, explain yourself. What do you well, mean, I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong in that, like, if and not she, she's wrong now, but like, as far as Ruth understands, that is like what she grew up that being the purpose. And so her point is like, oh, I don't know, she already found a husband. I, I'm I, not saying I agree I, with I, it. Um, <laughs> I do think I think that that was a very common view for a lot of people at the time. I think that the dialogue is very um, ham-handed. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I do. I, I'll stick up for Rob in this area and that I, that I think that was still for many people, especially uh, rich people, it was probably a view at the time. Well, what, one thing I think about is so amazing about this is that, you know, everybody in this movie looks down on Molly Brown like she's, oh, she's new money. She's so gauche. She doesn't know, you know, she doesn't know society. But she was actually on her way from Paris where her daughter was going to school to actually get an education at the Sorbonne. And her daughter was supposed to sail with her and decided to stay at school because she was, you know, concerned about her education. Huh. And one of the things, like Molly Brown in real life, learned a bunch of different languages. She she became very immersed in becoming very culturally adept. And I think it's fascinating that, you know, I think she's far more refined than these other ladies, but they spend the whole movie looking down on her. Which Do I you think, think that they shunned her because they were secretly feeling inferior to her because she was so worldly? It- no, I think they're just looking down on her because she's new, new money. money. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do America. think, like, you think of, like, this is 1912. World War One is just starting up. It's not really till, you know, after World War One that the women's suffrage movement really picks up steam. And, and, you know, women are allowed to vote in all these countries because sort of realize their contributions were so important during this war. Um, so, like, kind of the time and place of Titanic – you know, I think a lot of these conversations reflect that. I'm, I'm not, like uh-huh. I said, I'm not, I don't agree with Ruth, but from her point of view, from a certain point of view, that's all she's coming from right now. Well, just, uh, that explains the makeup of Indiana Jones's classes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all trying to find a husband. Yeah. Oh, that she did put love you on her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, true. Um. I was going to say, well, first of all, I refer to these ladies as hat squad because there are some A-plus hats. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing that we have not touched on in any of our Titanic conversations is that uh, the Titanic was is the uh, catalyst that starts off Downton Abbey. Yeah, that's right. Literally yeah. the first scene in Downton Abbey is they get a telegram saying that ti- Titanic went down. Did you guys watch the, uh, speaking of Downton Abbey, did you watch Julian Fellows' Titanic miniseries? I have not. Oh, I have not. Is it good? 
It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I, I, I love the Titanic stuff. So, but it was kind of yeah. like Downton Abbey on the Titanic. Was this? Oh. In, was that in the nineties? No, it was maybe three, four years ago. Oh, okay. It was. It, it actually was. Yeah, twenty twelve. It came out as for the hundredth anniversary. And if you think the movie Titanic is long, wait till you watch six <laughs> seasons of Downton Abbey. <laughs> so back on the back on back on the ship, we have uh, we have the Hat Squad as Duff as Duff you've coined, and uh, they see Molly Brown show up, and they're like, "Look, here comes that vulgar brown woman." And not to be uncouth, guys, but I'm sure that's not the first time they've said that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I, I literally had the exact same joke. <laughs> I have it in my notes. Um, but in this situation, we're talking about Molly Brown. And um, Ruth is just like, quick, get up before she sits. And, Even uh, though she's I right in their line of sight. Yeah. Right, I know. I know. And, you know... Uh, Molly wants to get some tea. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to go catch some air. So Molly agrees to join them. So my question is, is she, I, I think this is an obvious answer, but is she clueless that they don't like her or is she just relentless and just doesn't care? I think she just doesn't care. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, she's not dumb. No. I, she can read social cues. Yeah. Yeah. She, right. she, she was, she picked up on Cal being, uh, paternal to rose at dinner oh my yeah, i think she's yeah. just kind of turning the knife a little bit like i think she she's tormenting them a little bit because she knows they're being jerks to her so she's just kind of well i'm gonna make it difficult for him so this is just like funny Urkel. to her she's the urkel of titanic god i wish urkel's in this where they hit the iceberg did i do that <laughs> carl <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to edit like an Urkel into that iceberg scene. <laughs> it's like him behind the wheel of the ship. <laughs> Urkel trying oh to lower God. a lifeboat and it snaps. <laughs> Did he just shows up all over during the disaster. <laughs> all throughout. Urkel letting go of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we go we go to Bruce Ismay and Captain Smith, um, and in this uh, Ismay mentions to Smith that uh, you know they they haven't lit the last four boilers and that they should. And the captain, you know, he doesn't see a need. They're already making great time, and so now Bruce Ismay starts mentioning about how the press has talked about the size. That I wants to marvel at their speed. You know, give them something new to print. Um. And that's sort of like where this ends here. Now, this is uh, this is a real conversation that happened um, in a night to remember in the book. This is mentioned, and there's a there's a survivor of the shipwreck that mentions sitting at a table near them and hearing them have this exact conversation. So this isn't uh, James Cameron creating uh, creating conflict. This actually this actually happened. Well, I think it plays into your theory too that uh, Old Rose is making all of this up. Because this was yeah. also in the uh, the U.S. congressional inquest. This was in the testimony. That's like, right. I think somebody testified that this this conversation took place. So old Rose really could have just read the inquest report and made up everything. Was there yeah. a British and a U.S. inquiry? Yeah, there were both. Okay. Um, yeah, I think old Rose just read Walter Lord's Night to Remember and uh, <laughs> is just like finding an opportunity here to travel on another, you know, travel for free, mm -hmm. take a helicopter ride, <laughs> get on a ship, bring your dog and her goldfish. 
Um, <laughs> now, now, Pete. Last week we had uh, we had Rachel from uh, TMNT Minute, and she discussed some of the um, scientific reasons why the Titanic sunk. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of the you know the there's already a fire going on. Think about like the way the light was hitting so not see the iceberg. Um, but I know. You're you're the resident conspiracy theorist on uh, we, Indiana Jones Minute. Uh-huh. I'm curious if if you've done any research into maybe how the why the Titanic sunk. Well, it or what one happened. of my all time favorite conspiracy theories involves the Titanic sinking, or rather, the Titanic not sinking. Um, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is the good stuff. There was a guy named Robin Gardner that came out with a book in the late '90s. And he posited that it wasn't the Titanic that sunk at all. It was the sister ship, the Olympic. And he has all kinds of crazy evidence. Um, the Olympic was built just before the Titanic, and it actually was in service for a few months before the Titanic sailed. And it had the, the uh, it crashed into another ship at one point in 1911 and sustained kind of some serious damage. And so uh, Robin Gardner has this idea that um, Harlan and Wolfe decided that they're going to insure the Titanic, but then they're, since the uh, Olympic is so damaged, they're going to send it out and sink it intentionally. Oh my God. And then they're going to rebrand, you know, then they can send the Olympic back out, which would be, actually be the brand new Titanic. And there's all kinds of crazy evidence he brings in. Um, one of the things is that J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on the boat, and he was the guy that actually owned the White Star Lines, and he canceled just a couple of days before the ship sailed. Oh, right, yeah. And it, it's interesting. There's a nice little tie-in with the movie because in the movie at the beginning, Rose uh, talks about the, or she mentions the rooms that she's in. And those are actually the rooms that J.P. Morgan booked in Kansas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was... I, 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 uh, that, that came up that essentially that is why Cameron chose those rooms so that oh, okay. they knew they were empty. And then, you know, in theory, no one else was in those rooms. Yeah, and then there, but there are rumors that Ismay himself actually booked the rooms in so that it would be a full ship, even though they were empty and Morgan wasn't on the ship. Yeah, that's probably what actually, what actually happened. So hold on, I didn't realize the Olympic was I was <laughs> in an accident beforehand. So it's pretty crazy. You think there would have been some negative press when the Titanic was about to launch? People would have been like, "Yeah, but the ship before that like already crashed. Why would we believe this one?" Rob, well, it, do you, are you ready for me to blow your mind? <laughs> there, okay. Well, unless, Pete, do you, do you have something to say about that? I'll let maybe you know this since you seem to be into this. Well, I, I just thought it was interesting that it was actually Captain Smith was piloting the Olympic at the time that it crashed as well. Oh, wow. wow. I did not realize that. <laughs> well, my, my, my mind-blowing fact is there is a third sister ship that also sank, the oh, Britannic. Man. Yeah. Um, the Britannic was after Titanic, just before World War One, also sank. <laughs> there was an explosion. Um, a loud explosion shook the ship. The cause, whether it was a torpedo from an enemy submarine or mine, was not apparent. So they don't know what caused this explosion. But yeah, the White Star Line in... had a rough... The teens were rough for the White Star Line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you had three ships, all of them encountering some disaster. Interestingly, what? though, the the Olympic, like, I don't actually buy this conspiracy theory. I just think it's great because he it's so convoluted and he came up with so much crazy evidence. But the actual Olympic, like, 
ended service like with a pretty good record and they, you can actually visit the dining room in there's a pub in England or a restaurant in England that has the dining room from the Olympic. Really? Also oh, after the first cool. time it just they just fixed it up and kept going out. Yeah, unless it's actually the Titanic dining room. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and then there are other crazy conspiracy theories too. Like there's there's another one that J.P. Morgan was the guy behind the sinking of the Titanic, and he sank he had them sink it on purpose because um, he was he was really in favor of the U.S. Uh, building a creating a Federal Reserve Bank. Yes. And so there yes. were a bunch of guys on the ship that were the sort of opponents of that and they were some of the wealthiest men in the united states and so there's this also this rumor that he was the guy behind the sinking that is my favorite titanic conspiracy (laughs) um i think it's because uh rob you might know better who are some of the the really famous rich people on the ship um who who died aster and guggenheim yeah Mm -hmm. and strauss i think yep those sound right i love that 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 one ties in very nicely with current uh, conspiracies abounding about the yeah. Illuminati and the yeah, Federal definitely. Reserve. Yeah, incredible. Are there are there any <laughs> other crazy? I've, I'm loving these theories, Pete. <laughs> the only other one that I think this one's a little less crazy, and it sounds like you guys might have touched on this, is you know it, you, you guys talked about how there was the coal fire burning out of control in one of the uh, coal bunkers. Yep. And it started like 10 days before they sailed. And there's a theory that that weakened the hull enough that that caused, like that sort of caused the iceberg to cause a lot more damage than it would have otherwise because the structural integrity of the Titanic was weakened because of the fire. Does that actually, is that beyond just conspiracy theory? Is that theory? I think, yeah, I think it's kind of a gray area because they also then, they point to that as the reason the Titanic was going so fast through the ice mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. they were shoveling the fire from the coal and trying to get it out and put it into the boilers. Yeah, I feel like that one uh, is legitimate enough that we can say, well, it's kind of impossible to know at this point. But yeah. right. these, the, these other ones are pretty easily uh, yeah. debunked. Or yeah. are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had one more thing. Oh, let's hear yeah. it, Joe. Uh, the... the that awful fake cigarette smoking attempt by that dude. I figured Duff would be upset about that. <laughs> uh, he he barely inhales. He's like Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> wow, timely joke there. Jay Le- the Jay Leno of podcasting over here. Duff is our resident smoking expert. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've talked uh, a lot about... I'm, I'm not enough of an expert to to say that I've actually never noticed. I've, n- I've mm, never focused on that. All right, Sorry. fine, forget it. Sorry, no, Justin. Uh, it's hard to notice the little things when you're talking about a whole minute of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, you mentioned being a fan of Titanic. Can you can you talk about um, seeing this movie for the first time? Did you see it in the theaters? Did you Were you caught up in the hype? Yeah, like even when I was a kid, like I'd read A Night to Remember and I... Like I had always been fascinated by it, and I saw it in the theater a few times actually, and I I I think it's become sort of popular to dislike Titanic, kind of like it's become popular to dislike Return of the Jedi, yeah. but I unabashedly love this movie. You are our first male guest to say that. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sort of run the spectrum of fans. I think uh, uh, Duff and I kind of switch off between who likes this movie the most, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the week. And then, uh, and then Joe, Joe is our our, our resident Cameron cynic. 
<laughs> which is not unfair. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I I will take James Cameron to task over lots of things, but yeah. <laughs> and then uh, our guests kind of run the gamut. We have some people who made their own liner notes for the soundtrack. <laughs> we have some people who literally could only be bothered to watch one minute of this for this <laughs> podcast and then even hate that. <laughs> A few years ago, I actually got to visit uh, Fox Studios in Baja, California, uh, down in Mexico. Oh. They filmed a lot of this. Nice. And it was interesting because they have a lot of the sets down there, or at least they did. I think they sold it, so I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, I think it's gone now. But it was cool because you, you could actually walk through the rooms of the Titanic, like from the movie, and they you know the floors would tilt, and you could see where all the rats would come running out. And they had the full-size model, which was pretty incredible it was i don't remember how long it was but it was it took up an entire room the full-size model of the ship so was this just like was this the actual when they rebuilt the actual ship like was it that or is it more of the other sets they had built uh along with that with like i know you mentioned like where they can tilt the tilt the room for the water to pour in and stuff like could you walk around in the grand staircase and stuff they didn't. I don't. Rem, I don't remember because they. They also. I went to a Titanic exhibit in Las Vegas where they had the Grand Staircase. So I'm kind of mixing them up in my mind. But they did. I think the reason they used the studio in Mexico was they have the giant. At the time, the biggest water tank uh, for a film studio, and they also did Master and Commander and stuff there. And so they could put the entire like they could put those sets underwater. Yeah, which was pretty incredible. Yeah, it's just this enormous. I mean, it looks like you're looking at the ocean, and it's just this giant tank of water. Yeah, it is. It is. uh, We. It's. It's a recurring topic here, and how. To to, what ends James Cameron went to in the moments and the things that he wanted realism in, like how much he cared. Uh huh. Uh, The that we mentioned in the previous scene when uh, Jack and Rose are talking that he actually had a crane that was blowing smoke out so that in the lighting there would be like the equivalent of the smokestacks lighting with the shadows as the light oh, was wow. hitting the smoke and like moving <laughs> the shadows around like that's absurd i think yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think on earth too um james cameron bankrupted 20th century fox and like that <laughs> that studio doesn't exist anymore because of titanic <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is incredible that this movie um worked and, and uh-huh. people loved it. I mean, there's like a there's a, there's going with your point, Duff. There is definitely a version of Earth Two where this movie comes out and no one cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a huge laughing stock, and Fox and Paramount take a two hundred million dollar bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Pete, can you let our listeners know about uh, about Indiana Jones Minute? Yeah, I kind of do the same thing as you guys do with Titanic, but we do it with Indiana Jones, all the Indiana Jones movies, and we are currently just about to start up with. Well, actually, when this airs, we will be talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and you can find us the same place you find this. What's it like doing one of these podcasts for a movie that's good? <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, I think the movies are good, but not all of my co-hosts always agree. So, oh, fair enough. Yeah. I. I will say to our listeners that of all the minute by minute world is quite large and vast and has a lot of podcasts, but I would say in some ways I feel like um, we're a little bit like you guys in that you have three friends that go back many, many years that uh, Uh talk about a movie, but also gives them the ability to just sort of BS about different topics. 
Yeah, that definitely makes it a lot of fun because part of the reason we started doing it in the first place was just we all three live in different parts of the country now. And so it was easier to like, well, now we can get to keep in touch and just hang out every day, you know, or every every week. Yeah, it's so sort of a nice. scheduled thing. Rob uh-huh. blackmails us. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives are in his basement. And we can't see them until this is done. <laughs> uh, well, Pete, thanks a lot for um, for coming on our little podcast. And yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. This was fun. I always love talking about, about Titanic. Crazy theories and uh, being a Titanic fan. We never know when we bring a guest on uh, how they actually feel about the movie. Um, so it's nice to have another person that that enjoys it yep everybody can make fun of me on facebook now but it's listen i'm i i believe that time will be kind to this movie as it moves on there i think that there, even from that era there are some movies that i really liked at the time that i think are way more embarrassing now than titanic <laughs> that's true that's very true all right. Well, uh, listeners, uh, check out Indiana Jones Minute, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 54 of Titanic Minute. Um.